Welcome to the concluding broadcast of this week here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio program. I greatly appreciate your faithful listenership. We've been listening to Dr. Paul Levine. Now realize he's the founder of this very broadcast. Back in 1957-1958, Dr. Paul went on the airwaves for the very first time with Bible Tract Echoes, and I'm so proud to be here carrying on the mantle of this great man. Now he's been preaching a message entitled, The Demand of Discipleship. And though he went to heaven all the way back in 1996, the words he's been speaking on the radio this week have still been so very true, so very biblical. And I'd like to ask you to continue listening in as he asks this question, are you willing to die? That's a heavy question. Before we get there, though, let me tell you about a gospel tract that's a brand new redesign. Now, you can find this gospel tract on BibleTracksInc.org. The web address is BibleTracksInc.org. The announcer at the conclusion of the broadcast will tell you more about getting in contact with us. But this tract is called, Have You Received God's Gift? And it's a very eye-catching design on the front. It says in bold letters across the inside of this tract, a gift must be received to be enjoyed. Now, we have to realize, you and I, friend, we need God's gift because you and I, we need a Savior. Let me ask you, will you go to BibleTracksInc.org and get this gospel tract for free? We print, produce, ship all over the world these gospel tracts completely free to people just like you. Visit our website today. Now, let's ask and answer that question. Are you willing to die? Dr. Paul concludes his message titled, The Demand of Discipleship. Listen now. A young man was going to a very dangerous mission field, and somebody said, hey, that's a dangerous place for you to go. Don't you know you might get killed out there? And he says, I died, but I died when I told him I'd go. I'm already dead. Don't worry about getting killed. I'm already dead. See? Yes, sir. And another one was to be summoned for martyrdom. And you know what he said? He said, they forget I'm already dead. It's already settled. It's not I, but it's Christ. Amen. Now, one more thing. He didn't only say, I'm going out to suffer, and I'm not only going to be rejected, and I'm not only going to die, but bless God, I'm going to be raised the third day. Oh, what's that mean? That means a new life. You see, you, you mean after I'm dead and buried, I'm going to have a new life and eternity? No, I mean not. Oh, yes, but it means right now. You die like that kernel of corn and die and bring forth fruit. And there's going to be a resurrection. And you know what it means? It means a brand new life right here on earth like you never dreamed was possible. You just have no idea, young folks, how wonderful it is to be saved and know it and be in the will of God. You have no idea. You're scared to death of it. I know some of you say, if I walk down this aisle, God will send me to Africa. So what? You'll be happier, happier in Africa than you would be anywhere else in the world, if that's what God wants you. You ask any missionary, and I've asked a lot of them, and missionaries from all kinds of areas in this world, and I've asked them, are you sorry you got to go back? They said, no, we can't wait to get back. The true missionaries that said, we can't wait to get back. They all want to go back. And don't be afraid of the will of God. I was afraid of the will of, uh, uh, the will of God for a while. But listen now, young folks. The will of God is, is not all suffering. It's not all ridicule. It's not all people spitting in your face. It's not all make people making fun of you. It's not all sacrifice. Bless God, there's rewards for this because there's resurrection. 
There's a new life for you. See? Yes, sir. Now, look, Dr. Bill said, Lord, I'll die to the ranch. If you want me to leave the ranch, I'll die to that. Oh, how we thank God he did. And that's why he came with his wife, established his work. But what did God do with Bill Rice? Well, God put him right back where he liked to be, put him on the ranch. See how nice it was? God put him right back on. He got to live on the ranch, after all. When I was young, you folks around here know I love to play ball. And, uh, man, I had all kinds of ideas about playing ball when I was young. And so when I was 15, I started to preach. And do you know I never played ball? Never played in a ball game from the time I was 15 till I was almost 35. My best ball playing years from the time I was 15 till I was clear up in my 30s. Never played ball. Just out preaching somewhere. Well, then they got a couple of leads going right at home, and they got night ball and under the lights, and so I could work during the day, and I could go play ball at night. But uh, for about 20 years, uh, good years of my life for ball playing, I never played ball. Well, was that a big sacrifice? No. But what has God done to me? He let me play more ball since I was 35, 45, 55, 60. The last 31 years, I've man, I've played a Oh, man, have I played a lot of ball in the last 30-some years. 31 years. See? Look. God doesn't want you to be miserable and unhappy. God has a, has a paycheck for you. If you die, there's going to be a resurrection, young folks. If you'll say, Lord, not my will but thine, you'll find out that his will is wonderful for you. Now just give up the rebellion and be willing to be saved and give your life to God. We had here on the camp, on this, uh, in this, on this campground a few years ago, a young fellow who was one of the older campers. I think he was 19. He was so rebellious... He came with a Hammond crowd, and they had several buses. He was so rebellious against God and the Bible and the church and the will of God, he wouldn't even ride on the bus. He rode in his own car behind the bus and smoked cigarettes all the way down to camp. He was going to show them, boy, nobody's going to push him around. He, yes, sir. So that's what he did. Well, he was a, he was a great ball player. He, he batted left-handed. He could hit a ball like a bullet. And after I tried to stop a couple of his line drives, whenever he got up to bat, I got out in right field somewhere. I'll never forget him. He could knock a feller down with a line drive. And I remember uh, Wednesday night, uh, Dave Hiles came to me, and he began to talk to me about this fellow. He said, boy, he said, I'm, I'm concerned about him. Uh, Thursday, after the service Thursday night, he said, I'm concerned about him. And he told me a little bit about him. He said, brother Paul, pray for this fellow. And I said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll pray. So that next morning when I preached, there he was. Far back as you could get. You didn't find him, you ever find him up around here. He was as far back as he could get back there. And, and uh, he was going to stay as far away from the gospel and God and everything as he could. But that morning, God got a hold of him. When we gave the invitation, down, he was a, one of the first ones. Harry came down that aisle. Boy, was I glad to see him come. And I can still see Dave, the big smile on his face as he saw this fellow come. He came down, got on his knees, and he surrendered his life to God. Maybe he went through the dying process. Maybe he said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm coming back. I'm giving you my life. And about a year ago, it was a year ago last uh, April, I was up there for a half a week with the young people up there. And lo and behold, this fellow was on the staff. He was on the platform every night. And he was just getting ready to leave and go out and be the, uh, on the young people's staff with Ray Batema, who has one of the biggest churches, if not the biggest church, on the West Coast. Now look. He might have said, I am not going to yield. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to be right with God. I'm not going to die. And he would have been a nobody today. He'd have been alone. 
like that kernel of corn on the desk. But now he's serving God. You can do the same thing. God's got a place for you to serve him too. But God's not going to show you where he's going to, where he wants you to serve him until you give up and you, and you surrender your will to him. I got a letter from a young lady and she said, Brother Paul, just one night when you gave the invitation, I came forward. I did not tell the counselor why I came forward. I didn't think she'd understand. She said, I haven't told anybody, but I'm going to tell you in this letter. I've got the letter over there in my room. She said, uh, I grew up in the preacher's home. And she said, I made up my mind one thing about it. I wasn't going to marry a preacher. That's for sure. So she said, I fought that. Not going to marry a preacher. Well, she said, the Lord had different ideas. So the Lord was convicting me about it. So she said, that night when I came forward, I didn't tell a counselor, but I just got on my knees and I said, Lord, now, if you do want me to marry a preacher, I will marry a preacher, if that's what you want. See, God doesn't want all you girls to marry a preacher. But he might want some of you to. And a lot of you girls out there, he wants you to marry a full-time Christian worker. It may not be a preacher. It may be a Christian school teacher. It may be a Christian school administrator. Or maybe full-time Christian work, like on the ranch here. But that's what God wants. He wants you to marry the man of his choice that you can help in first-time Christian work, in full-time Christian work, and he does not want you to waste your life with some other man doing nothing for God. And on her knees right there, she said, Yes, Lord, if you want me to marry a preacher, I will. She said, I went to Bible college, and I met, we'll call him Joe, that's not his name, I met Joe. And she said... Now we are married, and Joe and this girl right today are in full-time Christian work. Now look, would you girls tonight, would you, have you got what it takes to say, I'm willing to suffer, I'm willing to be rejected my friends, I'm willing to give up that unsaved boyfriend or give up that unsaved girlfriend, I'm willing to lose some old gang back home if I have to, and I'm willing to die, and if it means, Lord, Yes, I'll marry a preacher if you want me to, or a Christian worker. Would you do it? Would you do it, girls? If you don't mean it that way, you don't really mean it at all. Now, I wonder how many of you in just a minute, when we give the invitation, will walk down here, and you'll say, Lord, I'm just going to give you my life, men and women both here. I'm going to give you my life, and whatever you've got planned for my future, I'm going to die to myself. If you don't die, you'll abide alone. You won't amount to anything, but if you'll die, you'll bring forth much fruit. I wonder how many of you will do that tonight. Now, young people, what kind of stuff are you made of? Are you a softy? You can't take any suffering. You can't take any ridicule. You can't take any rejection. You don't want to die. You're going to just get lost in the crowd and abide alone. And I wonder how many of you tonight say, Boy, listen, Paul, you haven't talked me out of following the Lord. Even if it means suffering and rejection of those who ought to accept me, and even though it means to die, I'm going to go right on through with the Lord, and I'm going to follow him, and I know there's a resurrection life right now, and I know I'm going to have a life of joy and blessing and usefulness, and you will. And you heard about it this morning. And you heard about it last night. And you heard about it yesterday morning. And so this may not be too new to you, but some of you have fought it, and rejected it, but this is your big night to give in and say, Lord, I'll be willing to follow you, suffer, be rejected, and die.
Take my life. Give me the resurrection life. And help me to bear fruit for you so that I won't have to abide alone. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear friend, is there a decision that you need to make at this moment? Do you need to, in the silence of your own mind, bow the knee and ask God for that grit, for that discipleship, for that fervor, for the things of God? Though this message was preached four decades ago, it still rings true today. Friend, what will you do with the demand of discipleship? Thank you for listening to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Have a great day for His glory. Join us next week. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.